chapter six of thomas hobbs by alfred edward taylor this librivox recording is in the public domain church and state since it has been already declared that the sovereign in the interests of the general peace has the sole right to determine what opinions may be safely taught in the commonwealth it follows at once that hobbes can allow of no division between a civil and a spiritual power in fact he holds as a man of the seventeenth century not unreasonably might that the most potent of all sources of anarchy and civil disorder is precisely the claim of the clergy of various churches to possess an inherent right not depending on any grant from the political authority to declare what religious doctrine shall be taught and what form of church discipline permitted and to depose or rebel against civil rulers who refuse to submit to their dictation on these points writing as he did in the seventeenth century hobbes found it necessary to plead the cause of erastianism not only on grounds of reason but by the aid of an appeal to scripture and the consequences that nearly a half of leviathan is taken up by the ecclesiastical controversy in which he has to oppose at once the romanist the scotch covenanter and the ordinary anglican high churchman it is impossible in a short sketch like the present to do more than indicate the general character of the singular result at which he arrives the key to his whole position must be sought in his pithy aphorism that religion is not philosophy but law that is the sovereign authorizes the preaching of certain doctrines and prohibits others not because the former are scientifically true and the latter false in fact we saw long ago that all doctrines about god lie outside the limits of human knowledge but because the former are conducive to peace and the latter to discord and our profession of faith in the authorized religion is to be understood not as a declaration of our philosophical belief but as a declaration of our submission to the rightful political authority of the sovereign hobbes has then to meet the objection that on his view our duty to the sovereign must whenever the sovereign is an infidel lead us into disobedience to god the infidel sovereign commands us to practise a false religion god commands us in his word to embrace the true are we then to obey man rather than god and must the martyrs who died for the faith be accounted criminals hobbes's reply is in principle that we have to learn what is the true religion from the canonical scriptures and that a writing depends for its canonical character upon its authorization as such by the sovereign who also in virtue of his general right to prohibit dangerous teaching is the final court of appeal as to the interpretation of scripture it must therefore be vain to plead our interpretations of some work which we regard as inspired in justification of our refusal to submit to the sovereign as for the martyrs of history no man can be a martyr or witness for the truth of a revelation from god except its immediate recipient all that any other martyr can testify to is his belief in the veracity of the person who claims to have received the revelation to reject his witness is thus not to reject his commands of god but merely to reject the claims of a certain person to have had communications with god now the only way in which a man can prove his divine commission is by the performance of miracles and since miracles have ceased no one can now establish his claims to be believed as a messenger of god except indirectly by the agreement of his teaching with that of christ and the apostles but christ and the apostles taught both by precept and by example the duty of submission to civil authorities 
hence no man can claim their authority in favour of disobedience to the sovereign in the purely hypothetical case of a man receiving to-day a direct command from god to disobey his sovereign he must no doubt be prepared to obey god who can make it his highest interest to do so rather than the sovereign but since he is unable to prove his divine commission by miracles he has no ground for complaint if the sovereign refuses to believe in it and punishes him as an offender to make this doctrine more palatable to his readers hobbes combines it with an elaborate scriptural exegesis of his own in the development of which he rivals or outdoes his orthodox antagonists in profusion of biblical quotations and ingenuity of interpretation not infrequently throwing out remarkable anticipations of more modern criticism the fundamental proposition of the whole scheme is that the kingdom of god spoken of in scripture is not an ecclesiastical system but a civil government in which god as represented by a visible human lieutenant reigns as civil sovereign this kingdom was first instituted when moses was directly installed by god as his representative in the government of the jews but suspended when that people revolted from their lawful rulers the successors of moses and set up the kingdom of saul the mission of jesus was to announce its restoration not in his lifetime but in an age yet to come when the righteous are to rise from the dead and be reigned over personally by jesus as god's representative in palestine hence the only condition imposed from the first as necessary for entrance into the church was the acknowledgment of the belief that jesus is the messiah that is the destined monarch of the coming kingdom of god all that a christian is obliged to therefore as a condition of salvation is the belief that at some future time jesus will reappear on earth as a civil sovereign and the intention of then obeying his authority in the meanwhile the christian is bound by the express language of scripture itself to complete submission to the existing civil power as for the church which sometimes claims to be the kingdom of god announced by jesus and consequently to have a first lien so to say on the obedience of christians hobbes gives us a choice of alternatives if it be one person it is the same thing with the commonwealth of christians called a commonwealth because it consisteth of men united in one person their sovereign and a church because it consisteth in christian men united in one christian sovereign but if the church be not one person then it hath no authority at all it can neither command nor do any action at all nor has any will reason nor voice for all these qualities are personal leviathan one hundred thirty three it is then argued at length that the only commission given by christ to his apostles and by them to their successors was to teach and persuade and the only weapon with which they were armed against the recalcitrant power of excommunication that is the threat of exclusion from the future kingdom of god such power as the clergy now exercise in christian countries then is derived from and dependent on the political sovereign who is the single fountain at once of temporal and spiritual authority they are in fact so far as concerns their social status a body of civil servants and nothing more and hobbes declares that whereas the king of england as responsible to no tribunal on earth may rightly claim to rule dei gratia a bishop holds his see by the grace of god and the king's permission the fourth and last division of leviathan is devoted to an unsparing attack conducted chiefly with an eye to balarmine's arguments for papal supremacy 
upon the kingdom of darkness that is the church organized as a society independent of the authorization of the civil power and claiming an independent spiritual jurisdiction to be enforced at its peril by the secular arm through the medium of temporal disabilities and penalties the origin of this kingdom of darkness is sought in the ambition of the roman clergy which led them first to accept support and grants of power from the christian roman emperors and finally in the general decay of the imperial system to usurp the place of their original protectors if a man says hobbes in one of his most famous epigrams considers the original of this great ecclesiastical dominion he will easily perceive that the papacy is no other than the ghost of the deceased roman empire sitting crowned upon the grave thereof for so did the papacy start up on a sudden out of the ruins of that heathen power leviathan one hundred forty seven the ghost hobbes adds has partly been exorcised in england first by the tudor sovereigns who overthrew the power of the pope then by the presbyterians of the long parliament who put down the bishops and finally we must remember that this sentence which does not appear in the modified latin text of sixteen sixty nine was written in sixteen fifty one by the independents who destroyed the domination of presbyterianism and so we are reduced to the independency of the primitive christians to follow paul or cephas or apollos every man as he liketh best which if it be without contention is perhaps the best Ibid but he adds the exorcism will never be complete until a bold ruler takes in hand the universities the chief sources hitherto of high ecclesiastical pretensions and compels them to instruct their students in the true rudiments of political science and the true grounds of political submission that is said his critics until the leviathan is officially made the sole textbook of political science End of chapter six